28. You that's funny? <laughs> All right, let's see how this works. One of the scribes approached him when he heard them debating and saw that Jesus answered them well. He asked him, the scribe did, what's the most important of all? And Jesus answered, the most important is listen, Israel, hear. Israel, obey Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other command that's greater than these ones. And then the scribe said to Jesus, you're right, which is good, right? If Jesus says something, your response should be right again, you know. You have correctly said that God is one and there is no one else except him. And to love him with all your heart, with all your understanding, with all your strength, with, and to love your neighbor as yourself, that's far more important than all the burnt offerings and sacrifices. Not saying those things don't matter. It's saying if you don't have that with a pure heart, don't, don't even do it, okay? He's not against burnt offerings and sacrifices. Anyway, when Jesus saw that the scribe answered wisely, Jesus looked at him and said, you are not far from the kingdom of God. This is God's word. So for our uh, first, do you guys recognize this pulpit? It's yours. Okay. For our first uh, um, sermon in, in FBC, I just want to exhort us to fight distraction and give all of our attention to staying on the path that leads to life. Okay. Fight distraction and stay on the path that leads to life. So for the last uh, two-ish years, with an increased intensity in the last several months, and even more intensely in the last several weeks, there's been one big, massive thing um, that worries me, and it's not Russell Westbrook's broken jump shot, okay? Though it does cause me so much pain, but if he hit a game winner or sent it to overtime this week, that's not what worries me. It's not COVID and all the hysteria that came with that. It's not that we're spending $2.2 million on a building. It's not that we only have $1 million of those $2 million at present. I mean, I guess that is worrying, but it's not my big one. It's not that my toilet and phone and truck tire all chose the same month to act up. It's not that our economy is, feels like tanking and our dollar doesn't go as far as it used to. Um, it's not that we could very well, I, you know, I, I'm not a prophet, I don't think. Um, we could very well see a massive shift in how the world works with, with Russia and Ukraine and all that stuff. It's not that we're meeting in the Baptist church. Like, none of those things uh, worry me, okay? Because I know where history is, is going. So I guess I am a prophet, all right? I know where this is going. I know that this part of the story ends with us being raised from the dead to live forever with the Lord in a home where righteousness dwells. I know that, okay? And if you don't know that, I'm telling you that. That's where, that, Josh, what's the future? That, okay? That's where it's going. What worries me, um, what gives me, Krista, where's Krista? What gives me consternation, okay, is that all of these things... Okay, uh, all these little cares of, of this life, like my toilet and my cell phone, and then the big cares of this age, like wars and, and rumors of war. Uh, my big worry is, is none of those things. My, my worry is that these kinds of things would distract us from, from staying on the path that leads to life. Okay, like my worry about being here isn't the logistics. Okay, how's the sound going to work? Okay, we're, we're not 
streaming today? How's children's ministry going to work? Where's our stuff going to go? The answer to that is everywhere. Okay. Um, what if we break something like those? I, I don't care because at the end of the day, I get raised from the dead to live forever. So all of this is just little, la, la, la. It's just little stuff. My, my worry is that the lesser things of this age, specifically right now, here today, that they would distract us from the main thing. And little by little, we would stray from the narrow path that leads to life. And we would be a church and we would be a people with our eyes fixed on things that are seen, fixed on things that are present and not fixed on things that are unseen and eternal. Right. Seen means now. Unseen is then not spiritual and not spiritually. That we get so just ooh, what's going on right now and we don't live for the age to come, and we would allow our hearts to be dominated by, by all of these little things to where we don't do the one thing that is necessary to inherit the kingdom of God, which is, Jesus says, loving the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, all of your strength, and loving your neighbor as yourself. That's the only thing that matters, okay? Every, like every, it's just play money, the rest of it. It's all monopoly, like you, the board's up and you're, and you're done. This is the only thing that matters, Okay, so whatever else is going on in your head this morning or this week or the next couple months, just throw it in the trash. It doesn't matter if you're not loving the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength. Amen. Let's stand. The Baptists are coming in. Okay. So I'm, I'm worried about that being distracted for myself and I'm worried about that. Um, for us. And this is a legitimate worry, okay? It's a real thing because Jesus talks about it. So Matthew 13, I know we're supposed to be done with Matthew for a little bit, but we're back. Matthew 13 is the parable of the sower and, and the soil. So verse 18, here then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes in and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. So that's a legitimate worry. That the word of the kingdom would go out and then it would, it would get snatched away. The birds would come in and caca, it, it's done. That's legitimate. Verse 20, as for what was sown on the rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. He has no root in himself, but endures for a while. And when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, this person immediately falls away, right? That, that's a legitimate worry, okay? Like this is, this is the summer camp Worry, Like, oh, I, I was told this Jesus stuff would make my life awesome, would make my life um, easier, and everything would be daisies and, and donuts and whatever. But as soon as persecution comes or tribulation comes or generally with the summer camp thing, as soon as a boyfriend or girlfriend comes, fall away. Okay? Like, we're, I'm, I'm done with the Jesus thing. I didn't know it was going to be hard. I didn't know it was going to cost me anything. And it's sown on the rocky soil, and it goes away. That's a legitimate worry. Because Jesus talks about it, but I don't care about those this morning. Verse 22 is what I care about. As for what was sown among the thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of this world, the cares of this age, the cares of this life, and the deceitfulness of riches. Can I, oh, sorry. We watched a movie about um, uh, the, like, uh, the fashion empire of, of Gucci. I don't know if you guys know what Gucci is. I'm not really up to speed on it. Anyway, this moral of the story is they got fabulously wealthy and fabulously rich, and it turned these otherwise nice people into horrible people. And Sierra was like, Josh, I'm just so scared of that. And I was like, don't worry about it. <laughs> Not worried about the deceitfulness of riches for you, babe. All right. So, sorry, back to 
the cares of this age and the deceitfulness of riches, what happens is it comes and it chokes out the word and it proves unfruitful. Okay, So what do the cares of this age do? They distract. And when these little things and these big things distract, disciples of Jesus get off the path and we become unfruitful. Right? We hear the word of the kingdom and we receive it and we're told now is not always told that and we hear that we're told that God really will restore all things God really will make all things new he will raise our bodies from the dirt to never die again and never even feel bad again okay like Barry and Bobby been fighting a cough for like ever that will go away someday we won't fight coughs anymore and your knee won't hurt and la 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 he, and, and, and so that's the word of the kingdom and we're told that he will count us worthy of that coming kingdom, count us worthy to inherit eternal life if we put all of our trust, all of our life into Jesus' life and his death and his resurrection and his ascension and his sending of the spirit and soon return. If you just order your life around those things, you inherit eternal life, you get raised from the dead and we're told that he's going to give us the spirit to help us navigate all the trials and tribulations of this age so that we actually inherit eternal life. Like this is the word of the kingdom. And for seasons, you guys hear, and maybe not all of us, but I know most of us, you hear that word of the kingdom, you hear the gospel of God, you hear God's gospel, his good news, and for seasons, it just dominates your heart and mind. Like that's all you can think about is, wow, God's really gonna make all things new. God's really going to raise my body from the dirt. God really sent his son because he so loved me. He gave his son that if I put my trust in him, I'll inherit eternal life and not perish for my sins. And that just dominates you. And so all you want to do in those seasons is pour out your life in extravagant love and and devotion to Jesus. You want to be like Mary. Right, sitting at Jesus' feet, choosing the good portion, breaking your alabaster jar, washing his feet with your hair, which would be harder for Scott. <laughs> Maybe that hasn't happened for everyone, but I know a lot of us in this room have had seasons like that where, where nothing else matters but loving the Lord with all you got. And it's just, it's, those, those seasons are wonderful, Okay. And those seasons exist to keep you on a narrow path to inherit eternal life. Those seasons don't exist for the sake of those seasons. They're just like, attaboy, keep going, okay? But those seasons end, right? They don't, they come and they go. And what happens is the cares of this age happen, okay? Good cares of this age, okay? Softball practice is good, some, mostly. Maybe one night a week it's good. Three nights a week is excessive. That's a good thing, okay? Moving into the Baptist church, that's a good care of this age. Like, I, I mean, I know you guys are probably all over the board on this, but whenever we've been talking for the last year, the word that keeps coming out is fun. Okay, when we're talking about, man, that would be fun. It's good. It's a good care of this age. And then bad cares of this age, too. You know, like, the dad beat us over the head with last week Netflix. You guys watching television? That's a bad care of this age. Maybe not. Okay. So I'm saying, just cares this age, good and bad, and they distract us. And slowly, over time, we get distracted to the point where we end up giving the lion's share of our time and, and, and heart, soul, mind, and strength to lesser things. Okay, like that's just how this age works. We, we give it all to Jesus, and then we start to look here and here and here and all this stuff. And eventually, like, wow, I'm totally 
distracted. So what's the solution for our distraction? Okay, how do, how do we prevent ourselves from being taken over and consumed by the cares of this age and seduced to always think on them and meditate on them and give ourselves to them? Okay, what's the solution? It's not a trick question. Okay, the solution to not think on and meditate on, on those things is to think on and meditate on, on Jesus. Or it's prayer. Okay. To, to abide in Jesus. John 15, 5, I am the vine. Jesus says, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit, right? Which is what the third soil's problem was. It became un, unfruitful. But if you abide in Jesus, you bear much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. And so when we hear John 15, if you've grown up in church world, and we are really in church world now because we have stained glass, okay? Like this is... This is it. When we read John 15, we think prayer, like abide in, in Jesus. And that's correct, right? That's certainly going on in John 15. If you want an undistracted and devoted heart, soul, mind, and strength, given over totally to the Lord and not to the little whatever's on the path, you, you have to pray. First Peter, which is, I love First Peter 4, 7, the end of all things. Okay, the day of the Lord, the, the kingdom of God, it's near. Therefore, be alert and sober-minded. Why? For prayer. For the sake of your prayers, ESV. That's good. That's, that's good. Okay, or pray so you can be alert and sober-minded, right? Chicken and, and the egg there, not distracted, not carried away by the cares of this age. The big ones and the small ones, okay? Because, like, Russia is a much bigger deal than my cell phone, Right. But they're both pulling for your attention. So abide in Jesus. Pray so that you are not distracted. But the, the, the reason that we want to pray and abide in Jesus and not be distracted and not be the thorny soil is not only for your own sake. Like you're not only fighting distraction and the cares of this age for your own sake, um, but it's, it's for something else. So go back to the parable with the first guy and the birds. OK, we, we know kind of how he ended up. Right. It doesn't say exactly, but probably like fire. Okay, just snatched away. Second guy and the rocks, we, we know what happened. He fell away. He disqualified himself from inheriting the kingdom. When it comes, what's the issue with the third guy and the thorns? Okay, it doesn't say that he fell away. Um, what does it say? It says that he is unfruitful. Verse 22, as for what was sown among the thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and it proves unfruitful. This man... In, or woman, you know, I think we're all guilty. His problem is not that he, he fell away. His problem is that he is unfruitful. He doesn't bear fruit in his life. And so the point of not being distracted, the point of, of not giving your, all of your energy to, to Fox and, 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 and CNN and, the, you know, the, the craziness of a move or leggings at the high school. Oh, my gosh. I don't have Facebook, but I heard all week for the last several weeks, leggings, 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 leggings. Who cares, you know? It's thorns, man. It's just stuff, whatever. The point is, is that if you are distracted by big things or the little things, you will not bear fruit in your own life and in the lives of others. Because what is the call of a disciple, right? To bear fruit in other people's lives. That's what Jesus says. Back to John 15, verse 4. Abide in me, I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. So what does fruitfulness look like? Like what's, what's that look like first? It looks like obeying Jesus. 
You being fruitful is you obeying Jesus. Verse 10 of 15. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. So a disciple who is undistracted by the cares of this life, one who is abiding in the vine, is going to start to, over time, not perfectly, it's not... Not perfectly, but eventually he's going to start to bear the fruits of obedience in his own life. Like that guy obeys Jesus. That girl obeys Jesus like they know him. Okay, but that's first. But second, a disciple undistracted by flat tires or World War III will bear fruit in the lives of others. Okay, which is the thorny soils issue. It proves unfruitful. What was meant to bear fruit and, and grow and have big vines, it, it proves unfruitful. First Peter, so back to First Peter 4. The end of all things, the kingdom of God, the day of the Lord, it's near. Therefore, be alert and sober-minded for prayer. Okay, So prayer, uh, abiding in Jesus, fighting the distractions of this age, leads to what? Verse 8, above all, so 7, sober-minded prayer. Verse 8, above all, keep loving one another earnestly since love covers a multitude of sins. So immediate fruit, right? Verse 7, prayer. Verse 8, immediate fruit. So an undistracted abider is going to bear fruit horizontally, loving people who sin, which is what it means to be part of a church, right? You love people who sin. Like, that's the job. That's your job description is to love these people who are sinners, and love them until they get a resurrected body and stop sinning anymore. And you will probably love them more then. Right. <laughs> you parents, your children will obey you perfectly in the age to come. Okay? An undistracted abider bears fruit horizontally. Love covering a multitude of sins. How else does an undistracted abider bear fruit? Verse 9, showing hospitality to one another without grumbling. Okay? Showing hot, which is hilarious because we're in the Baptist church this morning. So the Baptists must abide in Jesus because they are showing hospitality without grumbling. Okay? Verse 10. What else happens? What, what other fruit is born through sober-minded, undistracted um, prayer? As each one has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards. Last week's sermon. As good stewards, as good farmers, as good hired hands, as good fruit bearers of God's very grace. Whoever speaks, one who speaks the oracles of God. Whoever serves, as one who serves by the strength that God supplies. So... Abiding in Jesus, being sober-minded in prayer, means love's covering a multitude of sins. It means I'm showing hospitality without grumbling. It means I'm using the gifts that God has given me to serve and love other people, not build myself up by the strength that God supplies. And the fruit of all of that, of undistracted prayers and who, who bear fruit horizontally, is that in order, in order that everything in everything, God might be glorified through Jesus Christ. It's very, very simple. Verse 7 is prayer, and by verse 11, now we're glorifying God through Jesus Christ. It's not rocket science. I mean, it didn't want to overwhelm us on our first Sunday here. Guys, talk to Jesus so you're, you bear fruit, okay? So back to the parable. As for what's sown on the good soil, now not the thorny soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it, okay? Who hears, who abides, who, who refuses to give himself to, or herself to being distracted by the cares of this age, because that's the third guy's problem. This person indeed bears fruit. Thorny soil doesn't bear fruit because he's everywhere. Fourth soil bears fruit, and it yields, in one case, 100, another 60, another 30. Okay, our, 
Our, well, I'll do that at the end. So I just, abiding in Jesus through prayer is not simply so that you have warm fuzzies on the inside because you have a good relationship with God and a real relationship with God. Though that's awesome, okay? I'm, 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 I'm pro-fuzzies, all right? I'm just... The purpose of abiding in the vine, the purpose of not being distracted, the purpose of prayer, the purpose of loving God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind and all of your strength is so that you bear the fruits of obedience for yourself and for others unto inheriting eternal life. Like it really matters that we're not distracted. Do you understand? It really matters that we're not giving ourselves over totally to the cares of this age because we will be an unfruitful church. We will be unfruitful in our own lives, not obeying Jesus, and we will not lead others to obey Jesus. That's a very real, very serious deal that we would bear fruit. And so I think that this understanding of, of, the, of there being a real danger of being thorny soil and becoming just enamored with, with this age and therefore not persevering to the end and the real solution to those things, to, to stay sober and stay awake through prayer so that we bear fruit of obedience in our life and the lives of others, so we all inherit the age to come. I think that's all summed up in Paul's prayer in Colossians 1, 9 and 12. So he prays this. For this reason, since the day we've heard this, we haven't stopped praying for you. So what's he praying? We are asking that you would be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. So you read that and you hear that and you go, cool, fun Bible words. Spiritual wisdom and understanding. You know what I mean? Maybe not. (laughs) Why, though? Why does Paul pray that they would have spiritual wisdom? Why does Paul pray that they would have understanding? Verse 10. So that you walk worthy of the Lord. The purpose of Paul's prayer is not so they have warm fuzzies. The purpose of Paul's prayer is, is not so they feel loved by God. Though those are good. Those are important things. The purpose of Paul's prayer, that you're filled with spiritual wisdom and, and spiritual understanding, is so you walk worthy of the Lord. It's so that you actually obey Jesus. Paul is praying, writing to the Colossians, saying, My prayer is you guys obey Jesus. You love Jesus by keeping his commands, following him, and, and not being distracted by everything else. So you walk in obedience, fully pleasing to him, and what? Bearing fruit in every good work and growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might. So Paul's prayer is that they would abide so that they would bear fruit and they are given God's mighty power and strength to not be distracted. Why? One, to bear fruit, but two, verse 11, so that they have great endurance and patience, joyfully giving thanks to the Father. And why do you need endurance? Because the race is not done, right? There, you know, if the race is over and this is it, uh, you don't need endurance. You need uh, the Gatorade at the track at the tent, right? You're done. Paul doesn't say they're done. Paul says you need to bear fruit. You need to obey Jesus. I'm praying this, and the Spirit's going to give you power so that you have great endurance and patience, joyfully giving thanks to the Father. Why? So that you might share in the saints' inheritance in the light. And the saints' inheritance in the light, light over and over and over in the New Testament and the Old Testament is the age to come. For you to inherit eternal life, to share in the saints' inheritance that will be given to us, you have to have endurance. You have to have the Spirit's power. And so Paul is praying that they would bear, bear fruit. Okay?
So all of this is, is um, it's Nehemiah 6. I don't know if you guys, last time you read um, Nehemiah, uh, he's commissioned to go back to Jerusalem and, and start building the wall. The wall's in bad shape. Okay, it, it's a miraculous story. Um, but Nehemiah has his distractions, okay? And their names are Tobias and uh, Sinbalat. And uh, they're trying to distract Nehemiah. They're trying to get him off from doing the main thing. And in Nehemiah 6.3, they come to him, or they send messengers, they send proxies because they're horrible. And um, Nehemiah's up on the wall, and he's building the wall. He's got a shovel, or not, a, a spade in one hand and a sword on, on the other because he's doing a lot. And he says to them, you tell them, I am doing a great work, and I cannot come down. Why should the work stop while I leave it and come down to you? Not going to be distracted. Not that Tobias and Sanballat and their stuff's not important. Like, it needs dealt with. But Nehemiah's not going to come down from doing the main thing to deal with it. And so I would just put this in front of us today um, that we have a real enemy. Okay, the prince and power of the air, the roaring lion, the enemy of our souls. He has brought and is bringing a wave of, of distraction on the earth. He's doing everything he can to, to lure believers away from keeping the first commandment in the first place. You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, all of your strength. And so my simple exhortation to us today is to fight it. Okay? Fight it. It doesn't, it, how much time do I have? Okay, I can say this. It, when, you, when you talk about prayer in church, the default I think that we hear, at least that I heard growing up as well, if I want to bear fruit, if I want to be obedient, I must need to be a monk and just pray all the time. That's not what he's saying, okay? Like, you, we have to deal with the cares of this age, right? Like, the tire actually needs change. You actually have to go to work. Kids' diapers actually need change. Like, they're, they're there. It, it, it's part of it. But the, I just want to encourage you to, to fight those things, and they're not the main thing. And you change the tire knowing that you love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And you change that diaper unto loving God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And you go to work unto loving God with all your heart. It doesn't mean you become a monk and just pray all the time because that's what it means. No, it means live your life with the first commandment being first. Whatever, that, whatever the cares of this age bring, you take them on and you love God. That, that's the deal. And so when you find yourself consumed by the cares of this life, whether that's you know the war or the prom or, or meeting... Here, here's what you do. Really simple, really easy. And Robert, if you would come help us, please. Okay, this is, this is Christianity 101. You guys know this. When this happens, when you find yourself totally distracted by just stuff, good stuff and by stuff, bad stuff, when you find yourself distracted, acknowledge it. Okay, I am distracted. Okay, I've spent more time thinking about this projector this week than I have about my sermon this week. Acknowledge that thing, repent, say, God, I'm a dumb-dumb, total idiot for thinking about things that just are not as important, okay? Acknowledge that thing, repent, and then you sign up again to say yes to the first commandment, okay? That takes 30 seconds, okay, you fast prayers? That takes five seconds to say, God, I am distracted, 
I'm acknowledging it, turning to you, and now I say again, yes, I will love you with all of my heart, all my soul, all my strength, all my understanding, and I'll love my neighbor as myself, and then go back, okay? It didn't have to be a big dramatic deal. I mean, we, we like to be dramatic. It doesn't have to be dramatic. Say, okay, distracted, moving on, okay? And what happens is you run that play until the end of your life, and you run that play or, or until the end of the age, and you run that play over and over and over and over, and you get really good at it, okay? You just run that thing, and you will hear Jesus say what he says to the scribe in Mark 12, okay? You've answered wisely. You're not far from the kingdom of God. And on that day, he will say, inherit eternal life, okay? Don't be distracted. Don't be distracted. All right, I want to pray for you, and I'm not sure what's next, honestly. We're going to pray. Um, so our elders, if you guys want to come up here, I want to pray for everyone. And then our elders will be up here for prayer. Uh, if you want to respond specifically to this, okay, like, I'm distracted. I got other stuff going on. It's the first commandment. It's like fifth now, okay? We want to pray for you and then, then anything else. So, Father, I ask you um, for us. I ask you for uh, our hearts and our minds. Um, God, our, our wills, God, that we would choose the good portion. God, we would, we would keep the first commandment first, and we pray that this would come about by the power of your Spirit, um, according to your glorious might, God, our hearts would be given to one thing and, and one thing only, and that would dominate all the other stuff we have to do in this age. That leads the way, that, that goes before, that, that um, breaks the way. Jesus, everyone said. Amen. Amen. So come and pray with an elder, pray.